0: You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. They'll have, uh, they'll have outreach for the feeding, and we've supported some of that, and uh, different uh, orphanages, and uh, missions for uh, building homes, or uh, churches, or missions to bring in water, uh, and a lot of different areas and ways to to really impact and make a difference. But when it comes to mission and being mission-minded, each and every one of us have to embrace that. The mission is not an activity. Mission-mindedness is a life. It's like being a soul winner. Soul winning is not really an activity. Soul winning is a lifestyle. It's how we are supposed to live, communicating the gospel with those that we come in contact with. And so when we think about mission, we are, we are talking about the purpose. Now, the mission, of course, of the church, the mission of the believer, is to communicate the truth of God to this world. That is, that is ultimately what we are to do. We are to glorify God. And here he said, uh, herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. Uh, So fruitfulness, uh, getting the word of God out and seeing people saved, that brings glory to God. And you and I are to be a part of that mission. Now, if we're not careful, we feel like we can delegate that responsibility. And we feel like we can put money in an offering plate. And I, I need you to do that. I want you to do that. But that does not remove our responsibility. It's not just that I can put mission money into the mission fund and now be able to step back and say, okay, I did my part, I'm done. That is a part, but it is not the whole part. And all of us need to realize that God wants us to be a part of His mission. His mission, God had a plan. Luke 19.10, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. We know there was a purpose in God sending His Son and Jesus coming to this earth. And when we look here in Genesis chapter 1, we will find uh, God making man in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15, we will find that God uh, stated that there was going to be the necessity of a Savior and that Jesus Christ was going to be the Savior. Uh, the first prophecy of His coming, Genesis 3 15. And and through the Word of God, what we find is that God sent His Son to this earth that He knew was going to be defiled, the people that were going to turn away from Him and were going to be in need of a Savior. And He said, I am going to have a plan. God had a plan for each and every one of us. Tonight, I'm going to speak again on that subject. Uh, the, uh, the message, uh, I won't give you the title this morning, but it's, uh, it's definitely, uh, if you had to choose from being here this morning or tonight, go ahead and plan on being here tonight. Uh, And so, uh, anyway, uh, but here we look at, there's a mission. Now, God here is making everything. And when we look at uh, the law of first mention, that's where you can gain the initial purpose. Okay? We, We awake. Following? Okay. All right. So we're finding an initial purpose. And this morning, I want to I just help us see that God had a purpose and a plan. Uh, the message title this morning is God's narrative and you. God's narrative and you. Have you ever been a part of a, in a conversation, but not a part of the conversation? And you walked away and it was like, okay, I, didn't, I wasn't a part of that at all. I didn't have a, I didn't have the ability to be able to be a part of that. Maybe it was they were talking about something intellectual that was outside your your scope of knowledge, and and you sat there and just thought, man. I was talking to Brother Brian yesterday at lunch, and uh, we were talking about something along those lines. And he was he was saying something about it. he was in a conversation. And they were talking about something, and he said it was way up here. I said, yeah, I'm there a whole lot. I find and myself, uh, and, and people talk about something and completely out of my scope. Uh, but, but here when we, we look at that, God in his narrative, he included you and me. God's narrative was not exclusive. It was inclusive. And he has a part for us in his plan. God's narrative and you. Father, I pray that you'd bless this morning. Help us, Lord, as we gather. And, and Lord, there, there are prayer requests that we brought before you this morning that are very needy. And, uh, Lord, there are there are needs that people have here this morning that we don't know anything about. But you do. But now in these next few moments, I pray that you would help us just to uh, to draw our attention to your word. May the Spirit of God be able to just speak to each and every heart and meet needs that we have. And Lord, uh, work in this ministry, in this church, and uh, the people that are listening and watching online. I pray that each and every one of us uh, will, will walk away uh, with some truth that will help us in our daily walk. And so I pray that you'd bless now, for Christ's sake. Amen. God's narrative. I want you to see several things When we think about God's narrative and you, uh, look with me again at verse number 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God, blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Uh, When we think about God's narrative here and including you and me, uh, first thing I want you to see is that God blessed man. He blessed man. Uh, the first thing, God, uh, God blessed man. He blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply. Uh, so here we find God blessed. And that is God putting his hand on. That is God bringing uh, goodness uh, to. And he blessed man. Uh, he made man and he blessed man. Uh, you know, we are a blessed part of God's creation. We we are The blessed part of his creation. We walk, or we, uh, maybe you go to the mountains and you uh, see the Olympic Mountains or the the Rocky Mountain Range. Uh, People talk about the Smoky Mountains, but they're just foothills. Uh, And so uh, they talk about the the different mountain ranges, and and we get to see the majesticness of God's creation. You go and you see, uh, go out on the ocean, and you see the power uh, of God's creation. You look up uh, heaven or Last night I was uh, walking, or this morning when I was walking across, uh, it was still dark. And, and as I was walking across, just looking at the sky and, and all of the stars that were, uh, were out so clear this morning. It's been a while since we could see the stars. And, uh, but uh, anyway, so very clear. And, uh, you know, we, we look at the creation and, the, and just the majesty of God's creation. But when God made us, God blessed man. He blessed man. And God made us. He blessed us. He made, a, he made us. So God created man. He said, in his own image, verse 27, in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Now, uh, God, God was not confused about this. And in God's creation, male and female, uh, that's still how it is, male and female. And there is no confusion with God's plan. Uh, the devil is the author of confusion. God is not the author of confusion. Uh, the Bible tells us that uh, in the book of James. But uh, we, we know that uh, there, there is There is no confusion. God made us. He made us male and female. Uh, There was no confusion. There was no crisis. He made us exactly how He wanted us to be. Now, I'm glad God made me a man. I'm glad He made my wife a lady. Amen. But God made us, and He made us. There was no accident. There was no accident in you being born a man. There was no accident in you being born a woman. That is that's God's plan. God had he had he had a plan in this. And in this plan there was a blessing. It's a blessing to be how you were born. It was part of God's plan. There was no confusion. There was no crisis. Uh, You see, we were made, each of us, male and female, in the image of God. Amen. We were made in the image of God. Now, I know when we talk about God, uh, he is always referenced in the masculine. But when he talks about creation and making us, he said male and female. We were all created in the image of God. There's no, there's no heresy there. But you were made in the image of God. Uh, God made us. God is a triune God God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And God made us as triune beings of uh, body, uh, soul, and spirit. Uh, but here we are made in the image of God. And there are blessings of God uh, that are just to be in His image. That's a blessing. It's a blessing to be in His image, uh, after His likeness. Uh, we are the exalted uh, among creation. We are the ones that God chose to place Himself in. Think about that. He didn't choose, he didn't choose the mountains. He chose the, the body of man to be the temple of the Holy Ghost we're blessed. We're blessed. There are so many blessings uh, that God has given to us and, and, and has saved individuals. Now, if you, are, if you are without Christ, you have been blessed by God, and God is good to everybody, uh, but the, the, the greatest decision that you can make is to trust Him as your Savior. There has to be a time when we are born again. Jesus said in John chapter 3, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. Uh, And we are uh, exalted among God's creation, and we have been blessed. But secondly, not only have we been blessed, he said we are to be. Look with me, look with me at uh, verse number 28. And God blessed them and said unto them, what's that next word? Be. Be. There is something that God wants you to be. It's just a two-letter word. But what those two letters represent takes a lifetime to learn. God blessed them and said unto them, be. What? What are we to be? We are to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. You see, there was an expectation of God for you and me when he made this world. There was an expectation. There was an expectation greater than us just existing. Our existence is not what our purpose is. He didn't create us just so we could be down here. Do we have any chess players in here? Anybody like to play chess? All right, a few. All right, chess players, and you know if if I was to sit down with somebody that was a real good chess player or just an just a chess player, uh, you know, just trying to remember which which pieces move which way. I mean, when I grab the the uh, when I grab the knight, I have to count over one, two, over, and uh, you know, it's just one of those things. It's it's they're just pieces. And I have to be very deliberate in making sure that I get them on the right thing. You know what? God knows exactly why he made us. He knows exactly how he wants us to navigate on this chessboard of life, in this journey of life. He has a plan. He knows exactly. Say, well, I can't go this way and I want to go this way. God knows exactly how you can go. He knows exactly where he wants you to go. He, wants, he knows what he is going to bring into your life that is going to catapult you in a different direction. He knows exactly what he is going to bring into your life that is going to stop you from going a different way. You see, God, he created us with an expectation not of us just existing, but of us being. The narrative was not just creation. The narrative was not just existence. The narrative was not just survival. There was a plan, and you and I are a part of that plan. God has a plan for you. Amen. God has a plan for you, and that should, that should bring joy to you. That should, that should just, just make you feel, you know what, I am somebody special. God has a plan for me. For, for each and every one of us, God has a plan for our lives. Now, what are some of the things that we know uh, that he, he has given? He said, first of all, be fruitful. Uh, God's natural design is for reproduction. You see it in everything. Everything. We are to reproduce. Amen. Amen. And here, what what God goes through, and he's He's talking about being fruitful, and of course, that is talking about humanity, and God's natural, natural design is for reproduction, and there are people, of course, that are unable to, uh, to have children, uh, there are those that are not in a marriage relationship, and if you are not in a marriage relationship, you are not supposed to be reproducing or going through the process uh, of reproduction, amen, uh, that is that's part of God's plan, uh, but here uh, we see that there was a purpose, it was for being fruitful. Uh, and, and here, when we look at uh, look at this, God is, God is giving direction for an entire human race. And He was wanting to populate this world. But population was not just the plan there was a purpose behind the population and and when it when we see this we see that counter to many many people's ideologies children children are not an inconvenience let me say that again children are not an inconvenience I'm not sure you believe that. Children are not an inconvenience. You know, you know what we find is God, God puts this plan in for reproduction and for, for fam, the family unit. And because we have gotten so far away from that, now career is more important than family. And children have now become an inconvenience. And there is a detriment to society when that happens. They say that for a civilization to survive, you cannot go below 1.7 on the reproduction rate per person. We are right there. North America is at 1.7. England, Europe, they're at 1.6. They're below the survival rate of death to continue a society. The only way to continue the civilization is immigration. Think about that. There's a whole lot of agendas going on. There are so many things going on. Uh, But when we we see God's plan for reproduction, it is in in the human race, it is in the trees, it is in the plants, it's in the animal kingdom. Uh, Everything uh, has seed in itself and is to reproduce. Uh, There is a, a multiplication process that is supposed to be taking place. Amen. Now, People, people will come to our church and they're like, man, we can't believe how many children you have around here. Praise the Lord. That's a blessing. You know why churches are dying? Because people are not having children and young families are walking away from the church. And churches are dying. Uh, we are to be handing our faith off. Uh, the the birth rates in the world for the for the religious affiliated, and that's every all those that are of any religious uh, affiliation uh, in the world. The average uh, is for the religious affiliated is two point five uh, per lady. Uh, the unaffiliated is one point six. For those that have no uh, religious affiliation at all, the birth rate is 1.6. Uh, why is that? Because children are an inconvenience. In North America, the religiously affiliated is 2.2, the unaffiliated is 1.7. Uh, So, uh, we are right there on that border. Uh, I've got several graphics I want to show you real quickly this morning. Uh, Let's go to graphic number one, if you would. Alright, now on that graphic, I don't know if you can see that, uh, but it's the, the uh, Pew Research went out and they put together uh, a, uh, a whole report on the population and, and growth, and uh, this was in 2015, and they said that Christians uh, are the largest group of the religious crowd, and, and you have to understand, uh, it's not just independent Baptists, this is uh, many that are included in the, uh, the Christian realm, uh, and there was a day when a Catholic was not considered Christian, uh, and if you asked a Catholic person if they were a Christian, they'd say, oh no, I am Catholic, and they would, they would tell you that they were not Christian. Now, they've changed some of their terminology, and now uh, Catholic individuals will say that yes, they are Christian, uh, so I'm not sure exactly, but I believe this is evangelical Christian's Uh, 31.2% of the world's population, they say, uh, are uh, of believers. Uh, It's the largest group uh, in uh, 2015. Uh, The Muslim was 24.1% of the religious crowd. He say, okay, now that just means that we are right now at this moment uh, we are uh, larger than the Muslim crowd. Uh, go to the next one if you would. Uh, the the graphic here it shows Christians uh, right now uh, in 2015 it showed 2.28 billion Christians, uh, and by 2016 uh, 2060 they say that it would go up to three. Uh, three billion. Uh, but the Muslims are on, so it's the top left corner, I'm not sure what you can see, uh, the bottom, uh, the top left corner there, 1.75 billion Muslims, and over the next five, uh, 45 years, the anticipated growth is to 2.99 billion, uh, putting them right there at the same amount as Christians. What, what's the difference? The difference is the birth rate. This, this is only dealing with birth rates. This is not dealing with conversions. This is only dealing with birth rates. Now, you start looking at conversions and how many people have embraced the Muslim ideology how many have, have gone on and started embracing uh, some of the, uh, the, the, the thoughts of that? Now, uh, when you go to 2015 to 2060, the top right one of the 31% uh, of worldwide population of what it is today is 31% uh, Christian. It, it will be in, in 45 years, it will be 32%. Really, 31.8%. Just a slight gain. That is including all of the births. But no net gain. But the 24% for the Muslims, it will go up to 31%. And this this is huge. Because what we find is God God has a plan. And he said, Well, what difference can I make? You have a family to raise. That is not insignificant. That's not insignificant. It's not insignificant uh, to raise a family. It's not insignificant to uh, try to train up your children. It is not insignificant bringing children into this world and nurturing and raising them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That's part of God's plan. That's, that's a pretty awesome thing. To think that we can have a difference. Every one of us have an impact. Everyone. one. Uh, graphic number three there, uh, it talks about the death and the birth rates there. Uh, for Christians, the top left, uh, 33% births will be from the Christians. 37% of the deaths will be of the Christians. What does that tell us? It tells us that the Christian crowd is growing older. They are saying that there are more missionaries coming off the field than are going to the field. Why is that? Because of age. Why is that? Because churches are losing our mission, and we are not teaching and training. Uh, Go ahead and skip to a different, uh, just go back to the normal uh, graphic there. Uh, But uh, here, when we look at this, we find that uh, Christians have lost our focus in a mission, and don't think that it really matters. And the amount of people that are living, and I'll address this a little bit later, uh, they say that 81% of adults believe the soul purpose in their life is to be happy. Let me tell you, that's not true. Unfortunately, 44% of, of, uh, of uh, uh, pro, not just professing believers, practicing Christians believe their sole purpose is to be happy. Now, when the church and when the believers have the wrong mission, of course it's going to impact how we have a chance of reaching this world. How are the Muslims growing? They're growing because there's a mission. They're not just dealing in years, they're dealing in decades their 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 purpose isn't just for here today being happy it's they're living towards eternity and you know what the believers we ought to be living for eternity we ought to realize that God has a plan for me. And and I understand there are a lot of components that can come in. I'm just looking here at just one basic component as we look in Genesis. Uh he said that we are to be we are to be fruitful and to multiply. Uh and, and here uh, this is something that he wants us to be the natural multiplication a process. But not only is there to be a natural multiplication process, there is to be a spiritual multiplication process. What happens when we go into the book of Acts? We find that persecution came, and the believers went everywhere preaching the word. And what happened? The church exploded. You know why? Because the truth changed lives. It changed eternities. It made a difference, and you and I need to grab a hold of this thing, recognizing that the truth that we possess, the truth of the gospel, it changes lives. You say, "Well, there's so many problems down here on this earth," and and we realize that there's social problems, and there's justice problems, and there's economic problems, and and there are all kinds of issues. There's drug problems, and there's homeless problems, and I understand that. But you know what? The the greatest thing that you can do uh, to help any of those issues is to invite or uh, to uh, introduce them to the Lord Jesus Christ you know what's going to change somebody's life it's the Lord the drunkard becomes clean the addict becomes whole the immoral becomes white and clean it's amazing what God can do What an amazing thing. Uh, Those that have a testimony of of being in the world and and then getting saved and and seeing what God has done in your life, Uh, the testimony of that transformed life makes such a difference. We see that uh, with the maniac of Gadara and how the Lord said, Go home to thy uh, friends and tell them how great uh, things God had done for thee. And the, the people of Decapolis kicked Christ out. And the next time, he comes through, there was a multitude of people waiting. Why? Because the Lord left somebody there that was just going to testify for him. You see, the process of multiplication the changed life, and that's how it's supposed to be. God wants us not to just be blessed. He has blessed us so we can be, so we can be a part of his plan. Uh, There's the natural reproduction. Uh, He said here that uh, we are to uh, to uh, be fruitful, he said that we are uh, to multiply. Uh, he said that we are to uh, to subdue, subdue. What do we find? We find here that uh, there was a, a a process. God said uh, in verse number twenty eight, uh, or in verse twenty eight, and God blessed them. And God said unto them, "Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it." And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Uh, You know, when we look at this, this uh, uh, dominion, uh, we are to have dominion, man is to have dominion over everything on this earth. That means we're in control. That means the environmentalists are wrong. We're not here for the world; the world is here for us. We say that again. Don't get don't get sidelined by the environmental. God's in control. Now we need to be good stewards. But but the world. It, we're not, we're not here to protect the world. God's got that covered. He said, well, what's going to happen in the future? My Bible says, seed time and harvest shall not cease. God's got it all under control. Amen. Amen. But here we are, we are to uh, subdue it. Uh, we are to have dominion over the fish, over the fowl, uh, over the animal kingdom. Uh, it is here for us, not the other way around. It save the babies, not save the whales. Amen. Amen. Years ago we were up in Washington and they had uh, uh, one of the uh, Indian tribes where uh, they were out there and they were... Uh, going out to wanting to do some hunting, uh, harpooning. And so um, they ended up going out and with their, their rights, they were able to go out and harpoon a, a, a whale. The amount of, of opposition they got over one whale was unbelievable. And millions of ba- babies can be killed every year and they're okay with that. You know, we've... We've allowed the world, and they've been speaking, and they have been—they've been, uh, they've been uh, indoctrinating so much. We've—we've we've got our values completely mixed up. We've got to make sure that we keep first things first. You see, God has blessed man he has blessed us and he wants us to be he wants to be us to be a part of his plan uh, and then he said thirdly he said uh, behold uh, verse 30, and to every beast of the earth and to every fowl of the air and to every thing that uh, creepeth upon the earth wherein there is life, I have given every herb for meat and it was so. Uh, what, what are you saying? Uh, here we are to behold, we're to look and see what God has done. God has given us all the resources and tools so we can be who he wants us to be. Now, we live in a different era than this was in Genesis 1. We're not in the garden. But God has still blessed you and blessed me so we have the resources to accomplish His will in our life. You know, we have, we have to recognize that what I have I can use for him. Our time, our talent, our treasure, we have one life. And as we are living our life, we are to use our life. Uh, And God is the one that has given us the resources so we can fulfill the plan. Uh, You and I were planned for in God's narrative. We're planned for and in that narrative of planning, he had something that he wanted us to accomplish. We're part of that uh, narrative. Our life, uh, your life is a part of God's narrative. Your family, your dreams, your aspirations, uh, your goals, your destiny, they should all be in alignment with what God would want you to have and to do so we could fulfill his plan for our existence. See, Pastor... What, what's the first thing that, that I need to do to be in alignment with God's plan? First of all, I need to become a child of God. I need to be a child of God. That's the beginning. Just like birth is the beginning of a life, new birth is the beginning of a relationship with God. Being a part of God's family. Church membership does not make you a part of God's family. Putting money in an offering plate does not make you a part of God's family. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, your trust, your acceptance of His gift of salvation, that's the only thing. You have to be born into His family. Are you saved this morning? Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt? Could you, could you take me to a place, if we were to sit down in my office, and I was to say, tell me about your salvation experience. Tell me why you know for sure you're going to heaven. Yesterday, we were out uh, talking to people about the Lord and got to go through the plan of salvation with a lady. And as I was going through the plan of salvation, she listened intently, got to the very end, and she said, you know, I just have to think about this. And I, and I told her, I said, you know, uh, and I gave her a gospel track and let it with her. Uh, the thing about putting off salvation is you might put it off right now, and you might put it off tomorrow, and you might put it off till it's too late. The Bible says, Now is the accepted time. Behold, today is the day of salvation. Still, Pastor, I, I just don't know that I could put my faith in Christ. The first time I heard of salvation is the day that I got saved. And, and I know that's not everybody. There are people that, that uh, uh, just take it in and they listen and they, they mull it over and they're, they're thinking it all through. I don't have one of those analytical minds like that. I just knew if I died, I was going to hell and I wanted to get that fixed. And I got saved. And I'm so glad I did. And if you're, you're here this morning and you don't know Christ is your personal Savior, you don't know that you're on your way to heaven. The first thing you need to do is you need to accept Christ. You need to get saved. You need to be born again, a part of the family of God. Don't put it off. Life is short. We know our life is just a vapor. It appeareth for a little time and then... To- and vanishes away. In our youth, we think, man, I've got years to live. And all of a sudden, you start looking back over years. And it's like, where did all the years go? He talked to those that are in their 70s and 80s, and they're thinking, man, where did my whole life go? It passes so quickly if you're not saved, trust the Lord today. If you're saved, say, Pastor, how do I know that I can follow God's plan for my life? You need to be a child of God and then you need to follow God's word. Submit yourself to God's word. You say, well, there's so many things in there. Yep, there are. And as the Spirit of God takes and you learn and you hear, the Lord knows what you need. And you just do what He wants you to do today. You say, well, what about tomorrow? We don't know that we're going to be here tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. You worry about it right now. And whatever the Lord is leading you to do, you take that step. It's a step of faith. The just shall live by faith. And you and I, it's just a daily walk. One day, we may have the opportunity to get to the end of our life and look back over like the Apostle Paul. He looked back over his life and said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. He knew that he was at the end of the race. He knew his life was about to be over. Many never get to that place. As in, they don't have opportunity. It comes to an end so quickly. But he got to the end of his life and he looked over it. And what do we find when we see Paul's life? We see that he continually followed the, the, the word of God in his life. And as he followed God's word, we found blessings. It wasn't that he was following the church It wasn't that he was following some man. He was following what the word of God said. And as he took steps of faith, following what God said, he was blessed. You know who the happy people in life are? They're not the ones that are seeking for it. They're the ones that are just fulfilling God's plan for their life. Because there's fulfillment there's satisfaction in following God's plan. He knows what make, will make us happy. And as we follow him, there's a joy that we can have. Not saying that we're always fulfilled as in no problems. But there is a peace you put your head on the pillow at night. And you know that everything's good between you and your Savior. That's a good place to be. Here we see God's narrative in you. Pastor, what's the one thing that I want you, we need to walk away with? In God's narrative, He had a plan for your life. Let's grab a hold of that. No matter how old or how young, we're still breathing, that means He still has a plan. Father, I pray that you'd help us this morning. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for being a God in your sovereignty that you could look down through the ages and know of each person that would ever live and have a plan for every aspect of their life. And I pray this morning that you would help us to follow your will, your plan for our lives. And so work now during this time, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc4me.org. May God bless you.